Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. We've got an exciting show for you tonight, ADHD Biology, Mindset, and Problem Solving. And with us in our virtual studio is Laura McNiven. Uh, Before we get into the show, as always, some announcements real quickly. Uh, The 2019 Annual International Conference on ADHD is coming up November the 7th through the 9th. It's in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, I think I've been going this thing for like 11, 12 years. Anyway, it's, it's a great event. Uh, we pride ourselves on great content on Tension Talk Radio. The conference has great content. In fact, uh, we, we've interviewed a lot of people that are actually speaking this year, but it's really a better event, and I have to promote it because the tribe is there. Uh, you learn probably more in the, um, in the halls talking to other people with ADHD or talking to the presenters one-on-one after their presentations or at lunch, et cetera, and I really encourage you to check it out. You can learn more about it at chadd.org. Um, and if you go, come check it out. I'm doing a working memory workshop. I believe it's on Saturday morning, the 9th, or maybe it's maybe Friday. But anyway, needless to say, it's a lot of fun. I'd love to see you and come up and say, yeah, listen, attention talk radio. Um, tonight's show is being brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Uh, kind of in celebration of that, we are – uh, anxious to give out free copies of Attention Magazine in a digital form. Um, all you have to do is listen to the show. We're going to give out a secret word a couple times during the show, and we've been giving out secret words in past shows uh, going back for like the last two years. So listen to a, a current show and write down another secret word, and all you have to do is email me at attention at attentiontalkradio.com. That's attention at attentiontalkradio.com with the two secret words, and we'll get it off to Chad, and they will get you a current copy, a PDF copy of Attention Magazine, and then they will get you the next version when it comes out. Again, our show is being brought to you by Chad. Uh, They've got a little tip that we'd like to share with you, and then we'll get into the show. So here we go. Research shows that physical activity and movement help increase attention, decision-making, and learning. With physical activity, executive function performance improves in as little as 20 minutes, and ADHD symptoms can reduce in intensity after as little as 30 minutes of exercise. Find what works for you. To learn more about ADHD and exercise, visit chad.org. Thank you, Chad, for that tip. That one has to be very near and dear to my heart um, as an ex-athlete, a swimmer, uh, in fact. Done a lot of presentations on ADHD and exercise. In fact, we've got a great interview on Attention Talk Radio that I did with Dr. John Rady, who co-authored Driven to Distraction and the book Spark. Um, The book Spark is spectacular. Uh, Really, really highlights the benefits of exercise uh, for those with ADHD. I think as Dr. Rady put it, if they could put exercise in a pill, it would be the ADHD drug of the century. So Uh, Feel free to Google that and check it out. Um, Everyone, we really want to encourage you. Uh, We're grateful for Chad's uh, support over the years, but uh, we need you to support them. They're the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. They're the ones that are uh, speaking on Capitol Hill and different regulatory agencies, uh, unifying the voice of the ADHD community. So a strong Chad is a strong ADHD community, and to be strong, there's lots of volunteers that, uh, that, 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 that help. 
for example, I'm on the Attention uh, Magazine editorial board, been doing it for years free of charge, as is everybody else, but they still need money uh, to make things run. So we encourage you to uh, become a member. There's a lot of great member benefits, um, or even just donate if you need to. But the bottom line is go to ch. ADD.org, become a member, make a contribution, support the community uh, so that we can, we can survive and thrive. Okay, those are our announcements. So let's get into tonight's show. Again, the topic is biology, mindset, and problem solving. And we have uh, Laura McNiven uh, with us. She's the director of clinical services at Springboard Clinic, a leading multidisciplinary clinic specializing in ADHD awareness and treatment in Canada, focusing on health, literacy and learning resources. She is the founder of the Finding Yourself program that leads to long-term behavioral change for adults. As a professional who experiences attentional issues herself, she is deeply passionate about sharing a message of hope and effective tools to meet the challenge. She enjoys outdoor sports, writing, and exploring the world through the eyes of her two children. Uh, Her clinic uh, can be found online by going to springboardclinic.com. Again, that's springboardclinic.com. And with that, Laura, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Happy to be here. So um, the cool thing about being me (laughs) um, and Attention Talk (laughs) Radio is I get to interview great experts, and, and, and I get a lot of show ideas from people that reach out to me for a variety of reasons, and that's how this worked with kind of Laura and when I get the phone calls, uh, sometimes and sometimes it's a little difficult because I have to interrogate those would-be guests about what the topics could be. <laughs> We're very specific about what we do. And very quickly, when Laura and I started talking, uh, we went straight, straight to brain-based biology first, and we started talking in very simple terms. Um, a lot of times when I'm coaching people, I talk about the physics of the brain because your brain is a low-voltage electrical system, and, and oversimplified a thought is basically electricity that's – rocketing through your brain uh, through a bunch of neurons and we started talking about that and we started talking about dopamine and its role and how dopamine kind of drives um, your thought process and your behavior and manifests as a self-regulation issue and all of a sudden she was like oh my god that's right and so we a kinship was found so we had to do a show anyway (laughs) um, as we started talking about that one of the things I've had a little bit of a revelation the last couple years is so many of our people in the community I think discount the challenges of ADHD. Um, they just think it's really easy. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. My mom has always said, if something's hard, you need to say it's hard, because if you don't, you're, not, you're disrespecting it, and you're not giving the attention that it's due. And at the end of the day, managing ADHD is a bit of a challenge, and often I think people think that they can just find that tip, that trick that's going to put them over the top. And I've learned over the years it doesn't really work that way. It's really about changing your mindset, which is basically um, – completely changing the way your mind is set up to think. And there's different ways to do that. But one of the things that Laura has done is she's published a book um, that is uh, kind of a way, kind of walks you through kind of a bunch of exercises, breaks things down. Um, And it's something that you do over a period of time um, and you address uh, those types of issues so that uh, people with ADHD struggle with working memory. So it's hard for them to visualize everything. And so she's put together this little workbook format that kind of walks you through some of that stuff for you to pay attention to kind of shift how you, how you, you look at some things. And so, Laura, I want to at first ask you kind of what inspired you um, and your partner to write the book? Yeah, no, I think it's an important question because it's a, it's a personal one. And I think, um, so I wrote it with Dr. Bailey, who's a clinical psychologist who does not have attention issues and paired with myself who has gone through a journey of, 
not realizing I had attention issues as a child and then slowly coming to realize that this was part of why my academics were going the way they were going and why different things in my life were the way they were. And so this, this book has been an accumulation of sort of my personal story, um, Dr. Bailey's clinical psychology perspective, and then really the journey we've learned from working with now thousands of clients at the clinic over the last 10 years and really helping. Um, we wanted to put together something that would be take the finding yourself journey and put it out into the world. So we're hopeful that it will really allow people to go through steps, ask questions about themselves and explore who they are separate from their attention issues and kind of ADHD or anxiety or other, other symptoms that they might be experiencing. So you, you say finding yourself, that sounds mm-hmm. kind of nebulous. <laughs> like I got problems now. I got problems now. I need solutions now. What role does finding yourself play in solutions from your perspective? Yeah, no, I love that because I think, I think for me, I didn't realize, let me tell you a little bit about myself growing up because I think it'll kind of give context to that. But growing up, I was a very enthusiastic, happy, cheerful kid who kept getting report cards that said um, if she tried harder, she would do better. So I went through this process where I guess I kind of struggled to figure out exactly who I was in certain domains because I was thinking, I am this person that's enthusiastic and wants to do well, and yet I'm not meeting my own potential. And so as I started to learn about ADHD and connect it with my own brain style, I realized how important it was for every person who has a mental health diagnosis like ADHD to be able to separate themselves, their true identity, from the symptoms they experience, which which means digging into understanding how the brain works. And I'm looking forward to you know, learning from you more as we talk about that, but talking a little bit more about the actual brain. But the, the finding yourself part comes into the how much are the symptoms that I'm experiencing actually changing my personality? Who, who am I compared to my symptoms versus the actual, like, values and, and the human being that I feel that I am inside? And so the, the finding yourself journey is about saying, okay, how does your brain work? What symptoms do you experience? Which of those are you know, related to the characteristics of who you are and which are actual mental health symptoms and pulling those apart, teasing those apart, sort of often digging through some some pretty deep minutiae to get there and figuring out who you kind of want to be now that you understand your brain better and you understand yourself better. Yep. So I want to pause here for a second as we move into this conversation, everybody. I want to stop and I want to give you a contextual thing to kind of remember uh, particularly for the big picture people out there, for the people like details, this might confuse you a little bit so you can kind of check out. But I used to be a master swim coach because I'm a swimmer by background. And when I was helping people with stroke technique, um, it was interesting to me because how I explained it to the people was really what worked depending on people. So if they were very technical, more engineering, I would talk to them about Bernoulli's principle, which is basically the physics of how an airplane takes off. And I would talk to them about how your pitch of your hand underwater creates lift, and it pulls you forward down the pool to explain the underwater pool pattern in a very analytical, scientific, logical way. And for the people who, were, who liked that, they ate it all up. Now, other people were not as analytical. They were more emotional or more feeling, and that just wouldn't work for them. And so what I would just do is say, count the number of strokes it takes you to get to the end of the pool, and they'd say 25, and I'd say, I want you to do it in 17. 
keep trying. Do whatever you hmm. need to. And there's no way you could get to 17 unless you became efficient at it. The point really is, is there's the goal was the same, okay? But the way we talked about it was very different because I was having to make that adjustment to the individual that I was coaching. And as we go forward, I want you to kind of remember that as Laura and I do, because I'm, I'm going to talk about some things that I do that are very analytical, and she does a little bit of the emotional, but she, she breaks it down in a little bit of period. So to me, one of the things that I'm going to relate to, finding yourself is really, really important, and so translation, and I'll be talking about this in my workshop at the CHAD conference, is one of the things I do with people with ADHD, working memory is very much a challenge, and so I have this exercise where I say five words. It's like teacher, bumblebee, zebra, hippopotamus, kangaroo, and I ask them to repeat it back to me in alphabetical order. And they do it, and about half the time people get it wrong or they miss a word or whatever. And I, I don't really care what they get, right or wrong, but I explain to them that they didn't learn anything, but they had to remember those things in their mind and reorder them and dictate it back. And I talk about it afterwards, and I say that's basically working memory, so that they can begin to find themselves and understand that's what working memory is, and theirs is more taxed than everybody else. So then when they go out into the world, they can begin to see it show up and how it can explain the why behind what they're doing and shift their mindset a little bit that they shouldn't just try harder, is that they actually have working memory challenges so that they should look at things a little bit differently. And I think what Laura is saying is you need to find yourself and really kind of who you are and kind of witness yourself in order to figure out what works for you because – why you do things determines how it works. So I, there's a lot, of, a lot of people out there go try ADHD strategies, and I have this thing called, you know, often you're drowning in a sea of strategies. None of them are working because they work for other people, but they don't really aren't congruent to who you are, and you got to find yourself. So I want to pause and give you an opportunity, Laura, to comment on that. Is that an accurate summation, or is there anything you'd like to add to it? No, I think it's a great. I think it's a great way of describing it, and I think, you know, sometimes working with clients you might find that they need basically one strategy applied in many different contexts that, that I know a lot of people come in and say, like, tell me what to do or give me the strategies I need to. And it's, it's unfortunately <laughs> coaching and therapy and, and most mental health work, you kind of have to dig back into the person, like let's help you find your answers and, the, yep. and your sort of toolkit to approach situations. And yep. the good news is you probably don't need a hundred strategies. That's the good news. <laughs> The bad news is finding the right strategy might require a lot of trial and error, but it, that it's the sort of the strategy mixed with the motivation, mixed with the environment. It's, it's sort of that complicated yep. a system systems view that yep. where you really start to see exciting progress and, and understanding, okay, when does my brain check out? You know, yep. so, am, am I nervous? Am I, am I scared? Is it my working memory? When do I kind of lose traction? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm going to real yeah. quickly, in a nutshell, we're both, we both try to teach you how to problem solve for yourself. Cause we just, mm -hmm. the answer really depends on you. We can throw something out there, but we're just throwing spaghetti against the wall, but we'd like to do a little bit better. So uh, I want to pick up on mm -hmm. the conversation a second real quickly before we go to break. Our secret word is biology. Again, our secret word is biology and uh, Laura's website is springboardclinic.com and your workbook um, tell us about your workbook real quick because uh, you, basically you just search on Amazon for your last name, which is spelled M-A-C-N-I-B-E-N. -E but just tell us about the workbook real quick before we go to break. Absolutely. So we, we put together a workbook that is 
allows you to do an individualized process with your ADHD journey. So it takes you through the process of the finding yourself model we were talking about of asking questions about who was I before I had a diagnosis? You know, what are my strengths? What are my challenges? Kind of what, what's my environment like? Who's around me? And it really goes through a pretty comprehensive journey um, around attention issues and, and how it might be impacting your life. And then sort of the fun part, or at least what, what I think is fun is we have four characters that tell their stories through the book as well. So that this is a book that you can kind of read in chunks or just read parts of, or then really decide to go through it. But, but a book to kind of accompany you along um, as you, as you work to figure out how attention issues or ADHD have impacted your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everybody, again, you can check her book out by going to amazon.com uh, and searching uh, her last name, McNiven. With that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Do you worry when your child is left out? Does your child have trouble making and keeping friends? Do they act out in school? Life skills can be challenging for ADHD kids. Learn how you can be her greatest ally. Get your parenting questions answered live the first Monday of every month in a Facebook chat with former Attention Talk Radio host Caroline McGuire. She's the author of the upcoming book, Why Will No One Play With Me? Go to www.carolinemaguireauthor.com to learn more. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. The average annual cost of attending college starts around $25,000. Students who have ADHD are at high risk of dropping out because they haven't learned the critical skills they need to succeed in school. Protect your investment with an EDGE Foundation coach, specifically trained to help students with ADHD and executive function challenge make the transition from high school to college. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more or call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE to get your free college success guide. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by DigCoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Laura McNiven, and we're having a great conversation about um, ADHD problem solving and really trying to help everybody understand is that you can, you can go out there and you can scour the world for tips, tricks, tools, and strategies, and they can work to a small extent. But if you're really going to have an impact, it really kind of comes down to problem solving, customized stuff for you. And, um, and, and it's, 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 it really is individually based. And so the idea is to empower you to find yourself and understand yourself so you can problem solve. And I can't help but tell this story, Laura. I was coaching this woman one time on time management. Everybody, you can, uh, if you want to really understand the story, all you have to do is go to uh, YouTube and type in attention talk video and timer, and the video interview will come up. But this woman, she was struggling with time. And uh, I I said, what do you think we should do? She said, well, we should get a timer. I said, okay, that sounds good. So she goes out and she gets a timer, and a week later she says, oh, my God, this thing was working great. I said, okay, great. 
So a week later, she calls in, and I go, how's it going? She says, well, the timer's not working. Anymore. I said, what, what happened? She says, I don't know. I think I'm just bored with it, which is normal ADD stuff. And I go, well, what do you think she'd do? I said, why, well, she get another timer. So all she goes and gets a timer. Anyway, the end of the story is, is that um, for her, what we began to realize is the newness is what helps her manage time. Mm-hmm. And to this date, she's got like a sand timer, a time timer, uh, egg timer, this thing that hops all over the place, this puzzle that explodes. And now, like all of her friends, whenever they see a, a new timer, they always get it for her. But the point really is, is she problem solved her stuff and she rotates the timers through a thing. So it's, it's the same timers, but there's always a novelty with it. And so that's a strategy or a solution that's problem solved that was customized to the way she works and her brain thinks. And, you know, Laura, it's real fun because I like to tell that to mental health professionals and they look at me like I've got six heads because their paradigm is so much, well, you should just sit with a timer and try harder. And ADHD is an issue of self-regulation, the inability ability to pause and override the urge to ignore it and actually pay attention to it. So it, it sounds really good, but in theory, it doesn't change the hard part. Whereas the newness of this stuff kind of helps her self-regulate. And again, what I really want to emphasize, it's about shifting your mindset and understanding yourself and really problem solving to find solutions that work for you as an individual. So before we go on, any, mm-hmm. any thoughts or comments you want to share on the story? Yeah, you know, what came, what came to mind as you talked about that is is I, I tell a story in the book, but I tell the story as if it happened once. It probably happened dozens of times where I'd be working with a teenager and, you know, the main narrative that they felt was that they were lazy. And so they sort of said, well, I'm lazy. I don't do my work and sort of, you know, just where they were at in their headspace. And then I'd invite their parents in. And often what I would do is sort of say, okay, these are the different parts of the executive functioning. So, you know, starting tasks and staying on tasks and blocking out distractions and regulating emotions, kind of went through them all. And, you know, the teenagers and the parents are both sort of saying, yeah, that, that I have trouble with all of those things. And then breaking into the word lazy and sort of asking what lazy means and sort of having this opportunity to say, are, are you lazy or are you having trouble starting tasks? And is it, you know, is it that they're not, that they're feeling boring? Is it that you're feeling anxious? And pulling those apart because the parents are calling the teenager lazy, the teenager is calling themselves lazy. And you can see that when you go down that road, there's absolutely no chance of change. If lazy is who you are, then how are you supposed to make any changes through coaching? Lazy. lazy means you're lying on the couch and you don't care about anyone or anything, in, in my view. So we take away this word, this characteristic, and instead dig into what, like you used, you talked about the timer, sort of this, what's, what's the part? Where is your brain giving up? And when you can do that kind of work and pull away your self-worth, let go of some of that shame, both the parents felt freed too <laughs> because they're like, yep. oh, there, there's hope. So we can kind of pull these two different scenarios apart and realize that when you call your child lazy, when you call yourself lazy, you're absolutely putting yourself further and further backwards. Yep. It may be an excuse. It may feel yep. like it kind of gets you off the hook, but it doesn't lead to any kind of um, change. Yep. So then you learn about the way your brain works. Then yep. you learn about the symptoms that you experience. Okay, now you can start to do that work you, you mentioned. Now you can start to, and, and going back to what your mom said, like it's tough. <laughs> it's not supposed to be easy. It's going to take time and work, and it's going to go backwards before going forward. But that, that tough work 
to sort of not get stuck in, in um, sort of the, the belief of who you are is, are these symptoms yep. and really finding those solutions. So, everybody, this is going to – not to confuse you. This is going to sound very, 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 very different, but I'm, the process that I'm – I'm going to share an example. I need to focus the process the same. The situation is very different. But what Laura is saying is that you've got to dig into these things and you've got to take a look at what's really there. Because we have a tendency in our world, we label things based off of appearance. And we've done a show on this. Once you label something, you quit paying attention to it. So if I said, Laura, think of the color red, she probably has a, a shade of red. But there's an infinite number of shades of red. But when you say red, you quit paying attention to it because you're labeling it. And so the idea really is to kind of break this thing down. So I share a story. I was coaching this kid one time, and he's like, "What do you want to coaching on today?" He said, "I need to clean my room because I'm disorganized and I'm lazy." And I said, "No, you're not." He said, "Yeah, I am." I said, "What's the problem?" He said, "My mom complains because I have you know, clothes are all over the floor." I go, "Well, how do they get on the floor?" He said, "Well, I'll go and try a shirt on, and you know, I don't want to wear it, so I never put it back. I just throw it on the floor." And I go, I, and until he until he finds a shirt, I go, "So what's your system to get on back on a hanger?" And he goes, "I don't have a system." I said, dude, do me a favor. Go, go to your closet and open the door. Tell me what you see. And, and you know, he's eyes stuck. Literally, he goes, I say, what do you see? I see a bunch of shirts on a hanger. Well, how'd they get there? My mom put them there. Really? So you throw them on the ground. Your mom takes them, cleans them, and she puts them on the hanger, right? He goes, yeah. I said, man, that's a flawless system. Like, will she come do that for me? <laughs> and he started laughing. He says, that's not a system. I go, yeah, it is. It's a system. It's flawless. It gets on the hanger for you every time. Why would you want to? Do it. I mean, it's a good system. It's working for you, so you have to. Your mom's going to bitch at you a little bit a couple times. Small price to pay, right? And all of a sudden, he was like, "But that's not fair." I'm like, "What? No, it's not. I'm telling you. Will she come over and do it for me?" Anyway, my point really is that <laughs> is I'm digging. I'm digging into yeah. the situation because my most fun thing is when people come to me and say, "I don't have a time management system. Or I'm disorganized." Anybody listening, you call me up. I'll coach you. I'll prove it. You've got systems in place. The issue is it just doesn't look like what you think it is. So in that moment, we began to realize that he is organized. He has a system, and he's not necessarily lazy. And so what we did is we realized is that there's a concept of boredom and friction that I talk about. So he's like at that moment, he was empathetic for his mother. And what we ended up with is we had four baskets, one for his underwear and socks, one for shirts, one for pants and shorts, and one for dirty clothes. And he would just throw that in there. So it, it, it wasn't the, all the effort of having to fold it and put it in drawers or put it into the closet, but at the end of the day, the system that we problem-solved was based on him. And the cool part about the, this was certainly things were wrinkled, but at the end of the day, he didn't care. I talked to Dr. Barkley about this. You know, People with ADHD, it's all about point of performance, and he's like, well, my shirts aren't going to get ironed. I said, well, I, do you need to get them ironed? He said, I, well, I would need it for a date, and I said, well – what do you do? And he says, well, I just, I guess I'll iron them before the date. And it's funny. A month later he calls in and says, you know, I iron them before the first, a date when I'm, it's a new girl, but after that I don't anymore. And the, the irony <laughs> to the story and going back to, he didn't really care. He was motivated to iron the shirt for the first couple of dates. But after that, that's was who, that, that's who he was. And so I tell yeah. him the story. It's, it's really the same story. Laura's telling, I'm telling the same story. The way we go about it is differently, but at the end of the day, it's breaking these stupid things like they're lazy. That's an appearance-based judgment. And when you sit there and you break it all down, or he's disorganized because there's stuff all, no, he's very organized. You can begin to see the world differently, but this is a different mindset. 
So you begin to find solutions that are obvious once you change your mindset and you're taking a look at what's going on, which is really what I want to emphasize from the show. So I didn't mean to kind of monopolize and kind of to, to, to go on about that a little bit, but I just want to kind of share that story. Is that, does that make sense, Laura? Anything you'd like to add to that? No, I, just, I have another story that I think kind of builds on that or connects with it is I was working with a, an adult client. Actually, I tell you who, what, I tell you what, I tell you, can, yeah, can, can you, go ahead. Let's, go, let's go to break. And come back okay. and tell the story okay. so we've got time to finish it. Everyone, our Perfect. secret word tonight is biology. Again, the secret word is biology. Check out Laura's website at springboardclinic.com and go uh, look for her workbook on Amazon. Um, just search for her last name, M-A-C-N-I-V-E-N. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. You can't go off to college with them, but we can. Visit EdgeFoundation.org to learn more how an Edge coach can help your student reach their full potential. You can also call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE and get a free college success guide. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay. Do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Everybody, we're back here with uh, Laura McNiven having a great conversation about the fundamentals of ADHD and how to how to problem solve. It's really about adjusting your mind to digging into these labels and looking at what's going on, not just to emotionally react to it. And we're telling stories to kind of inspire you to realize that this is the secret. This is the trick. It's not a one-size-fits-all. It's not just I'm going to look up a book and see the answer right there, like the nirvana. Um, it's a process that you have to go through. Uh, we are telling some stories before the break. And, Laura, you had another one you want to share with us. So can you, uh, can you lay it on us? For sure. So I was working with an, an executive, and uh, he, was, he was sharing how his, his files at home were extremely disorganized. And he was even more frustrated because he had hired a personal organizer to come in and organize his files for him because he literally had papers everywhere. And, and so he, which I'm sure many, many people identify with, and so he, he had them now all carefully in folders and, and it looked beautiful and sort of the process was done. And the huge, the huge issue from his perspective was how would he upkeep this? How, how would, so to your, to your example of the clothes were on the hangers, like how would you get them back on the hangers? How would you get the papers in the folders long-term? And uh, he's pretty frustrated. And we spent some time talking about it and working through it. And then it kind of hit like a light bulb um, that instead of having to 
keep all the folders in different categories like hydro and, um, you know, internet and all the different, different bills, et cetera, in separate folders, we realized he had enough energy or sort of focus to be able to put in all the papers for each month, but not separate them by category. And so we ended up coming up with a system where he just put all the paper for each month in, in a folder. And it was revolutionary for him. It was like the, the, the light bulb that he needed okay, so I'm going to have to look through a few different papers when it's July. But it was, a, it was just sort of manageable. And so he was able to kind of understand his own brain, come up with a strategy that worked. And as far as I know, I still think it works for him today. So I think that self-awareness and that figuring out a, a, a system that will work for you um, is, is so important. And then you can apply it to other situations as well. So you can take that same situation as I have enough focus to put it in one folder. So now how does that resonate with whether it's grocery shopping or, or other parts of your life yeah so i have to i have to i have to expand same mm-hmm. <laughs> i love this so one of the things that i've learned over the years about organization is you either you got to do a lot of work and you need to do it on the mm-hmm. front side or you got to do it on the back side and what you want to do really depends on the individual so this is a little bit of like what laura just said a little bit of the the clothing type thing um there's some people who with ADHD, they're actually very organized. They got their file, the folder, the, the bills come in, they have it all categorized, and it's really important to them because if there's a problem, like on something, they, they can go to it immediately. They know exactly where it is. But understand, it takes a lot of energy and a lot of tasks in order to get everything and put it all where it's supposed to be so you can find it in an instant. And understand is if you do that and you never have a problem, then you did all that work for nothing. The other side of ADHD is the point of performance, and that is where there's just a pile. Everything comes in, it's a pile. And if you never have to go back and do anything, it's great because you don't have to do any work because it's just a pile. You just throw it out at some point in time. So that's really, really efficient. But if you do have a problem, now you've got to go invest the time to go find it in the pile. So you notice is that there's work to be done if there's an issue. The question is do you set it all up so you can find it really easily and you put the work in beforehand, or do you wait and just do all the work in the backside? This goes back to the, what Laura is talking. You've got to find yourself, and you've got to understand yourself. And the question really is, is which do I prefer? I've actually had people that just, listen, I'm just going to iron the shirt at the point of performance, only the ones that I need when I want to do that, as opposed to some people, no, 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 I'm going to do it on the front side because I need peace. Everything's got to be in its place, and it's all got to be put away, which is also kind of funny because every once in a while you'll have a couple where one of them is a point of performance and one of them is in advance. Now you have two separate styles. Now, one's not good, one's not bad. You just have two separate styles, and the trick really is how can you live and coexist in that environment? Because Laura had talked about that earlier. It's about environmental factors. But, again, we're, I'm teeing this all up because Laura and I are really kind of on the same page. Is you got to dig into these things. you got to find yourself. you got to understand yourself, and you got to problem solve, and that's why these strategies that are one-size-fits-all don't always work for everybody because they might be the opposite of your style. Or, and there's a rational reason why sometimes you don't want to do, this makes no sense to organize it because I'm probably not going to ever use it. And I only make the investment if I need to. Now, it'd be crazy if it does, but if you back up and you make that choice, you're problem solving and you know why you're doing it. So this this is all kind of coming together. I hope everybody sees how we're kind of talking about the same thing, just coming about it in different ways. I think what's so great too is it's about being active in the choice. So it doesn't really matter which you choose. Right. If you want to have a pile of papers or you, you have to have a paper, pile of papers because you really can't manage it in a way that's in folders and maybe that's not the way your brain works. 
it's not about which choice you make. It's about actively making a choice and coming to terms with, you know, what works, how you want to live and how that works. Because that's when I think you get rid of a lot of the shame and guilt and sort of like nagging thoughts. I think so many people with ADHD are stuck in sort of a negative headspace. They're not doing it the way they think they're supposed to. They're not doing it the way that, you know, linear people might do it or the way that they feel like they should be able to do it. And so they're in all these shoulds and, you know, rather than just saying, okay, I'm going to iron it if I go on a date. That's, that's what I'm going to do. Otherwise, I don't, I'm not going to put myself through purgatory about it. So kind of coming yep. to, to a real decision point, this is what I'm good at. This is what I struggle at. I know in my, in my own journey with attention issues, learning, and this is in the book quite a bit too, learning how to accept what you're good at and what, and what your strengths are and where you have challenges or what your wants and needs are versus your shoulds. This work is so powerful because it helps you get rid of your defensiveness and your shame. And once you can sort of, whether laugh it off or apologize when you've let someone down, now you can use your brain. <laughs> now you're not yeah. stuck in the fog of self, self-pain. Yep. And you can actually say, look, you know what? I'm probably going to be late because this is how it works. So I've got to, I've got to think this through. Whereas just saying, I'll probably be on time next time. You know, that, that denial, that guilt, that shame, those are all sort of yep. the most damaging so, parts of attention issues. Yeah. Yeah, so I want to I want to yeah. take what you just said, and I want to share another example. But uh, there's there's one thing I want to add to this that that you haven't mentioned, Laura. When we start talking about shame, um, one of the things that I think is really really important, and I want to illustrate this with and really kind of tie together a lot of what we've been talking about today, so you guys can see exactly what this looks like. One of the things that you need to understand, everybody out there, listen to me and listen to me good. It's convenient for society if you do it their way. I want to reiterate, it's convenient for them, and they're going to bully you to do it their way because they're selfish. So I'm coaching this woman trying to find herself. Um, She's married, and she's married to a lawyer who's a litigator. He's a professional debater, right? And she's got ADD. She thinks emotionally so putting words and stuff together, very difficult. So you can imagine how belittled she feels and shame when she gets into some arguments because you've got a professional debater against somebody who's got ADD and struggles to put thoughts together, right? So I'm working with her over a period of time, and we're starting to find systems and stuff that works with her. So one day she calls me up in a burst call. She's all excited. And she said basically her husband came in uh, one morning, and she was kind of half asleep. I mean, she wasn't asleep, but she wasn't up yet. And he said, hey, I need you to pick up my stuff at the dry cleaners. And she sat there for a second. She sat up in the bed, and she looked at him. Now, remember, she's learned herself. She knows herself. She looked at him in the eyes and said, you got a choice. You can tell me to pick up your dry cleaning, and we both know there's less than 50% chance that I'm actually going to remember that, and I'm going to do that. Or you can put a note on the kitchen in the island which there's about a 99% chance it's going to get done. You choose the outcome, I'm going to bed. Now, here's the thing is realize is that she had the ADHD diagnosis. She gets blamed for everything. 
and she was being chained into this because it was he, he didn't want to take the time to go write the note and stick it on the island. Hey, can you go do this? And in that moment, she said, wait a second, I know it works for me. This works for me. It's convenient for you to tell me this when you're half asleep. But, you're, buddy, go do the work. If you want the outcome, I'm going to tell you what to do. So you're the one that's choosing it. No longer is it me. And, Laura, I just kind of – in the epicenter of it is sometimes that shame thing is I, I really want to reiterate. It is convenient for society, and they're going to bully you. Like one of my big issues, people with ADHD have working memory challenges. And this go green thing is bullying you. It's like they're, they're trying to make you feel good about the very thing that's going to make everything horrific for you. And I just push back on it. So I'm sharing that, that construct, that concept is realized. Everybody's going to bully you. They're going to shame you because it's easier for them, and don't let them do it. And particularly if you know yourself and you know what works 100% and you tell them, here, this is your choice. You can tell me, and we're pretty confident I'm not going to do it. Or if you go do this, we know that I'm going to do it. It's no longer my decision. It's your decision. You pick the outcome. I'm going to bed. Make sense? <laughs> yeah, I, I think that the, the sort of next step from a, from a couple's perspective, not that I know this, this relationship at all, is when you can get it to a place where it's neutral. You know, where it's just kind of, it's not like I have ADHD or like I love Melissa Orlov's work on the, uh, on the ADHD effect of, yep. of marriage. But this, this place where you can start to say, okay, ADHD is this thing. It's not anyone's fault. It's not, it's real. It's tough. It makes it extremely hard when you have it. But when we, whether it's a couple or a society or, you know, whichever sort of grouping you're, you're doing, when we can start to say, okay, we see you ADHD. We see your pros. We see your cons. We, you're, you're an elephant in the room that we see. We see the weight of you. We see the, the heaviness of you. But we also know that when you can get rid of that guilt and shame and defensiveness and that, that fighting back because you felt bullied, when we can let go of some of all of, all of that energy and, and find ways to be our best selves, the people that I the things I have seen, I'm sure you're the same, the people that I have worked with with ADHD who have done incredible things, are mind blowing, like like mind blowing. Yep. It's it's like when you can get rid of all this stuff, is it a gift? I know there's all these questions. Like it doesn't really matter what you word you use, but when you can use your hyper focus, when you can figure out what turns your um, engine on and really allows you to be sort of awake in a way that is so so special. Um, God, it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> so you know, it I absolutely think it's is. so much about this journey. Yes. Yep. And so. I think that's it. So we, we got to pull this thing together, but it's really kind of about the journey. And the issue is how do you go on the journey? Uh, you, can, you can read some books, which is really a lot about knowledge. What Laura's book is it's a workbook that you read and you do and helps you facilitate the find in yourself. Coaching, when you come to me, I've described, hey, I'm going to help you figure out what your systems are, even though they don't look like it, and understand who you are. The idea is you've got to understand who you are and what you do and what works for you in order to problem solve. And that's why – you try all those tricks, tips, and stuff. They don't necessarily work because they don't necessarily work for you. If you're a point of performance person saying that you're going to put all your bills away, it's, it's just crazy. You need to change your mindset and think about how I'm going to do it this different way. And I think that the message really here is there's different ways to do this. There's workbooks. There's coaches. There's different things. But it's a journey. It's a mindset. It doesn't happen overnight. Uh, so embrace it um, and, and, and move forward. We've shared a bunch of stories, and I think Laura really had it, is when you, when you understand who you are and how you do things – it's really trying to transformational. Uh, you can get a lot of confidence in what's going to help you moving on. So with that, Laura, any last comment or tip before we close things out? No, I think just the final point is really about 
trying to be willing to be vulnerable in this process and allow yourself to maybe just open up. If you've been bullied, if you've been hurt, if you feel like you just are tired of disappointing yourself, you know, getting into a safe spot and trying to try again, but with a different spin, with a really um, deep, deep sort of journey approach. Um, You know, I, I, I really think it's a, it's a story of hope and, and, and I hope that people will take the message of, okay, there's hope for, for everyone with ADHD and there really is a way to make it work. Touche, touche. So with that, Laura, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks very much for having me. Everyone, go check our website out, springboardclinic.com. Go search your last name, McNiven, on Amazon to find our book. With that, we hope you've enjoyed this edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care. 